The Space God Memoirs. Episode 32 Darkness enveloped me as I drifted within the great sphere. Then the ship's sensors adjusted, and I found myself gazing upon a floating city, the innards of the structure covered in dozens of little buildings, likely research labs, lecture halls, or residences, many of their insides exposed by collapsed walls. Around the center of the structure floated more debris, electrical wires and monitors, pieces of brightly colored plastic, and most evident, bulky man-shaped things. Suits, I could tell, grayed from age as they floated in various poses. A closer look at one revealed the dried-up skeleton of a person. I figured the others were much the same, the sad remains of what must have been the old people's space crew. I paused, letting my stolen ship float inside the eerie confines of that broken station. I tried to gather my thoughts. What was I doing? Where was I going? Sure, I had left Arubis. Had escaped death at the hands of, what were they? Gods? Aliens? Guys in funny suits? But where to next? I had no scragging idea. Right now, my best bet, I figured, was to get as far away as possible so I could actually have the time to think without being blown into chunks. A brief reading of the sensors told me that there was another hole in the structure. I flew to it and through it, soon exiting out to more of the garbage field. Onward I went, once more slowly weaving between floating hunks of rubble, a bit less dense than before, I judged. At last I began to see it thinning out, the larger structures and metal hunks replaced by more and more tiny rocks and clouds of dust. There was a moment of elation as I saw the end of the debris field and the glimmer of the distant stars, the glow of freedom. I began to accelerate, but once more felt the presence of one of the pursuing foresiders, just behind, coming out from over the structure I had emerged from. A beam shot out from a cannon on its underside. My ship rocked as it was struck. 20% drained to power said a message from the ship, accompanied by an image of a somewhat depleted green bar. I saw it drawing closer now, not bothering to send me messages anymore. I felt it was about to fire again and dodged aside. A barrel roll took me out of the way of a second beam, and one in the opposite direction helped me avoid a third. But it was still on me. As it was drawing closer and closer, I decided to try something bold. I increased my speed suddenly, and then spun around to face the tetrahedron. Shoot, I thought, and a pink-red beam shot out of my vessel, striking the other one square in the hull. It was absorbed into whatever shielding device protected the ship. It retaliated with a shot of its own. My ship rocked even more as a green beam crackled around it. Now at 50% power, it informed me. The bar was orange now. 
Suddenly, the sensors detected two other tetrahedron ships in range, visuals of them appearing in the view screen. Get out of here! That was my thought. The ship's only response was to coast slowly forward, its systems too damaged to move at full speed. The other vessels began to surround me, two on the edge of the debris field, one further out. I stopped, letting my stolen ship just drift there. There was very little I could do at this point, I realized, short of suicide bombing one of them. Moments later, the green cube was in view as well. You will now surrender, stated the matter-of-fact message from the green vessel's commander. I was about to send them the message of Scrag Off when I saw flashes from each of the smaller craft. I willed my ship to dodge aside as three green blasts shot out from their corners, sending it into two sideways rolls to avoid all shots. The instant I did that, another beam shot forth from the cube, this one a bright purple. Struck my own vessel and then stopped, neither damaging the ship nor dissipating into its shields. A purple field rapidly expanded around my craft. I was being pulled in. My mind furiously fought for commands to give the ship possibilities of escape. Could I stealth out of this? Could I somehow disable the beam? Fly out of it? Nope, nope, and nope. Soon enough, the beam had pulled my ship to the underside of the bigger vessel. There, a circular hull coalesced into place, and my craft was pulled through it. Instantly, my view screen went black. So did the ship's interior lights. In my mind, I felt an immediate disconnect, like my consciousness was contracting. Everything linking me to the artificial mind of that ship was suddenly severed, as a cold sensation entered me. A door opened on the ship, light pouring in through its circular entryway. Within that entry stood a familiar figure, Zirathra. She glided right into her ship, its lights immediately returning. Clearly, she was not dead, not even wounded as far as I could tell. I didn't comment on that since it was obvious, but as I was at a loss for words, I just glanced at her and waved. Ah, it is you, she noted, rolling her eyes. But I also noticed that altogether pleased half-smile forming on her pretty blue lips. Maybe she didn't want to kill me after all. Mr. Keff, she continued, hands on her hips, you are a rather elusive one. I grinned and winked. That's how I've tended to stay alive. So you are. The only one, apparently, she sighed. Obviously, I said, throwing up my arms. Who else? I think that makes me the chosen one, right? I tossed her a grin and raised an eyebrow. Zirathra said nothing, but continued almost smiling. You are correct. In a sense, she stated. Look at it as such, if that suits you. So long as you get out of that seat and follow. I nodded. Not much chance I'd be escaping at this point. So I did. I stepped out of the little ship and into what was obviously the docking bay of the big ship. A more brightly lit interior that held the same metallic green luster as the outside. I followed behind my captor as she walked down a short hallway, the walls and floors as seamless and clean as I had expected but broken by decorative columns inlaid in botanical patterns. We shortly emerged in a wider room, at what I guessed to be the front of the ship. 
Ahead, a viewing port looked out upon the distant stars. In the middle of the room was a chair that appeared much like the one on the smaller ship. Zerathra faced me. We shall arrive soon, she said. A slight delay, but I suppose the mission is at least somewhat of a success. So, I said, I guess that means you're not going to kill me. Certainly not, she said, neutrally. You, it seems, are our recruit. Recruit? For what? Am I a god now? Not exactly, though I suppose that depends on how you define a god. Um, well, honestly, I don't even want to think about all that right now. Basically, I'm pretty scrag and confused. I figure you were with those javgaggers. Another one of the Lords Beyond, or Veyer, or whatever they call themselves. And were basically trying to kill me. But now it seems that's not the plan, eh? Indeed. I can see how you would have thought that. The politics of the situation can be rather unclear to those upon a farm world. To someone in your position, the difference between myself and the Veyer may be unclear. But I can assure you, I am not with them. Then just tell me straight. I think we're past needing to talk in metaphors, right? Very well. This shall be a brief summary of what transpired. The Veyr, the so-called gods of your planet, sought to expand their number by hosting an ascension event in their traditionally brutal survival of the fittest manner. When you activated your refurbished ship's engine, their sensors were alerted, and it was used as an excuse to accelerate their plans. So where do you fit into all this, Z? I am with a group called the Nyar Harmonium. We are here to liberate Aruvis. The first steps were to infiltrate the farm world, eliminate the Veyr agents on the surface, seize control of the Tower of Trials, and hopefully guide the process in a direction suited to our goals. My intention was to guide the Ganadrians towards the Trials. While brutish, they showed more promise than the loyal cults of the Veyr themselves. Apparently, they were all unsuitable. I'd hoped to come out of this with at least five recruits. What I got is you. Well, I have been told that I'm a pretty special guy. It seems you've passed the trials. You, of all people. Yes, like I told my associates, I sense something about you. Something different. Potential. So that's why you went along with me then? Partially. It is something I do. Go to these worlds. These farm planets like yours. And I see who doesn't belong or who can fit in better somewhere else. There are diverse signs, a certain glimmer in the eyes, a certain manner of talking, the way you smell. I smell? Better now, to be sure. But yes, when a person is a suitable candidate for ascension from a farm world, there are signs. The more obvious signs can be easily mistaken for other things, but there are more definite signs, too. Ones you wouldn't even begin to notice without the proper training. Little variances in your energy field. Unusual build-ups in your auric residue. Anyway, I was there to make sure all the right people were guided in the right directions. Watched over and given their chance. So wait, I said, raising a hand before she could continue talking at me with words I could only vaguely understand. If you were watching me the whole time, then why in the scrag did your greeter, whatever it was, declare me an unauthorized participant, which pretty much led to me stabbing you, 
the whole chase, and everything. The systems that run the Tower of Trials are mostly automated, designed to make sure no unintended beings get through. While I was able to eliminate the Vare agent who would have administered the trials, I was not able to fully reprogram them, or put your identity into the system. When I arrived at the top of the tower, I was not on my way to kill you, but to make sure that the Vare didn't. But, as you can see, it all worked out in the end. Well, I guess that is that. So... I suppose I'm now the latest recruit of the, uh, Nyar, whatever that means. All that stuff I went through after the tower. The memories. Everything. What was that? And who exactly are you people? She looked at me, her purple eyes filled with secrets, but revealing none. You shall soon find out, she said with a nod of her head. Your world has changed. Your old self is gone. Soon you will be uncovering all manner of details. Who we are. Who you are. But there will be plenty of time for all that. For now I shall only say, welcome to the Awakened. Ahead, the stars began to shift, the vessel accelerating away from the debris field. Behind us, Arubis got smaller and smaller, an ever-shrinking sphere that eventually became a tiny dot upon the blanket of space. Just another star. I stared out of the viewing window, my eyes mainly focused on the ever-changing cosmic scenery. Momentarily, I fell into shock, my mind so displaced by all I just experienced. It was almost unreal. Impossible. Like a dream I would shortly awaken from. But at the same time, it did all feel real. My senses more vivid, my focus more present than it had ever been before. The shock, I realized, was in the contrast. Mere days ago, I had just been Kef, just some yug who lived a relatively isolated existence. I had barely been aware of other continents on my own world, let alone life beyond it. I'd gone from being a drifter on a backwards planet to an initiate of a group most folks on Arubus would have called gods. And now I was... someone else. Was I a god? Some ascended being, destined for greatness? Whatever the truth was, I knew then that Kef had truly died back there in that tower. His life was over. His goals and expectations all faded away, meaningless in the face of a greater reality. He was dead. But here I was. My stomach churned with both dread and excitement. Ahead of us, another sphere was rapidly getting larger. Another planet. Another world. It was a ball of swirling clouds, grays, blues, and whites. The world was getting closer by the instant, its surface promising secrets both wondrous and frightful. And so ended that step of my journey, the first step of many yet to come. I had taken that step, that shift into another existence, another me. I could say that I just stumbled into it, like an unaware fool stepping off the edge of destiny's cliff. I could say that it had all been by accident, that I had been some hapless dugga who got lucky and got taken for a ride. In a way, that would be true. It would be true for the little me, the me who probably did die back in that tower. But I was already coming to realize 
that there was far more to me than just that guy, and that maybe, buried deep in a corner of my soul, I might just know what I was doing. So as the ship descended into the murky atmosphere of an alien planet, I gave myself a little grin, looking forward to whatever craziness awaited me. And this brings an end to Season 1 of Space God. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we shall see you in Season 2. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.